the chances are the first three, five, ten videos you post probably are not going to be good. And like, I wouldn't let that stop you from creating in the first place. Hmm. Because guess what? The 11th video is going to be better than the 10th video and the 12th is going to be better than the 11th. And you're going to get better. And by the time you do your 30th video, you're going to be in a much better spot than when you first started. And so that's really the only way you get good at this stuff is by doing. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark DeGrasse and my guest today is Maxwell Finn. What's up guys? Our expert for TikTok on our new social media certification. So thanks for being here, Max. Awesome that you can make it out through the snowstorm. <laughs> snowstorm. Somebody like lived in Boston for years. This is a joke. It's like for everyone watching right now, it's literally like a little sprinkling and a little cold a little icy. and i saw like 25 accidents on the way here it's the craziest thing ever well you know what's funny last year we had snowmageddon which was yeah. like a week or nine days or something where it just snowed a lot and that was really bad and this is not that bad but no. people are reacting like it is so there's skidding off the road and it's just like just slow down everyone was driving liquors on it's not snowing and it's not it's an emergency but everyone is driving the highway 20 with the blinkers on. It's like in Florida, it happens occasionally for people in Florida. Oh, okay. Because the summer, it's like a monsoon every day. It's, it's Yeah, that freaks you out. And so some people like aren't used to it. Like they'll literally come to like a stop on the highway and like hide under the overpasses. <laughs> and I'm just like, we're just going. It's a it's normal fine. day. It's fine. No, do you out. see a yeah. tornado? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, in California, we had earthquakes. And so, you know, I grew up with them. And even when uh, my wife and I had a, a house and there's an earthquake and the shutters came open. This is like middle of the night. I'm like, hey, hey, the, there was an earthquake. She's like, it wasn't even like a four. Like, I'd have to go <laughs> back to sleep. Also, or <laughs> not, I don't care. It's like, yeah, I'm like, we have kids. No, it didn't matter. <laughs> uh, but no, that's, uh, you know, you get used to stuff, but yeah. not, not ice here in Texas. Nope. So thank you for coming. Of course. And I'm glad your flight didn't get canceled. Very lucky. I just got a text actually. So my two other partners are coming down for the event we're here this week. Both their flights got canceled tonight. So I literally just, <laughs> you made, actually just, just made it. Oh, it was a blessing that you came for uh, doing our surf content. So thank so you for excited. that. All right, let's get into TikTok. Let's do it. So I figure the best thing we can talk about, because we have a lot of marketers, a lot of uh, agencies that listen to the podcast, and a lot of people are still resistant to yep. getting on to TikTok. And I think it's a variety of reasons. Mainly, I think they're just being lazy. So let's talk about uh, why they should get on TikTok, uh, kind of uh, dispel some of the myths that they probably have that are justifying their absence from TikTok, and maybe just how to get on in the first place. Yeah, I think the biggest thing comes down to it, and I've dealt with this throughout my entire career, right? There's always going to be new platforms that pop up. There's trendy apps that blow up. There's, you know, Clubhouse was a big one, right? Oh, so all of a sudden Clubhouse was everything. <laughs> Everyone's talking about Clubhouse. And then it just kind of died off. It still exists, but it's not what it was. It's not hot trend. And so I think look at things so like, okay, Facebook, Google, those are real. Those are here. Amazon also, right? It's like these aren't going anywhere. These are been around for a very, very long time. I look at two things, right? Determine whether I want to invest in something. Mm. And there's a lot of platforms I look on a regular basis, especially we have a, our e-com portfolio, one of the companies we own is in the political world. Mm. So we're always looking for alternative traffic channels. We're testing all kinds of stuff. So I look for, is the ad platform mature? Is it developed? Is it good? Do they have good ad tech there? Mm. And is it scalable? Because you can have platforms that have really good ad tech, but they have hundred million users, 50 million users. So it's like, I'm not going to invest the time in something that I can't really scale up to 20, 30, $50,000 I ain't spent. Okay. So for me, TikTok checks both boxes. Great ad platform. Could be better, right? Still not where Meta is. It's Meta has a huge head start, a lot more spent, a lot more data. 
but really good ad platform. They've hired a lot of the best people from all the other big ad platforms. So really good there. Lots of good features, all the core things you need. Okay. And over a billion monthly active users and growing. So once an app for me reaches like the billion app threshold, over three and a half billion downloads, the only non-meta app to do that, right? Non-gaming, non-meta app, mm. like that's here to stay, at least for a good amount of time, right? Yeah, Not worth it to learn. around in maybe 20 years, 10 years. Is meta around 10 years, 20 years? I don't know. Is TikTok around? I don't know. But I know for the next few years, at least, it's here to stay. It's growing. It's getting bigger. And it's also like future generations, mm. right? So what are kids doing? What are you know the next generations doing? They're creating a lot of content and spending a lot of time on TikTok. And so if ah, I'm a full brand in business, my customers are maybe they're them today, but they're gonna be them tomorrow or in a year or two years or five years. I wanna be where they are and where they're going. I don't wanna wait too late to jump into it. And that's the thing mistake people are making right now. Things they're not thinking about is like, if you wait too long and you're late to the game, you make it a lot harder for yourself. It's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more challenging. And your competitors who took risk and jumped on first have a huge advantage over you because they figured out the platform. Well, and honestly, they probably did this entire process already with Facebook. Because like you say, you know, when Facebook came out, oh, it's just for kids. I don't have time. It's not serious. You know, all these different excuses when, you know, I, I love also how you flip the argument for the kids are on that platform on its head because it's like, yeah, they are. And they'll become adults with money soon. <laughs> like, why not be there now? It's the point. It's like, okay, my customers are in their 50s and 60s. They're getting older and older and older, right? And they're eventually going to move from having, you know, high income to moving to fixed income, right? It's consumer behavior changing. Mm-hmm. Look at younger kids. They're entering the workforce. They're going to start getting better jobs. They're going to start getting pay raises. They're going to start spending more money. I want consumers that are growing on the income scale, not consumers that are declining on the income scale, yeah. right? So TikTok for me is like, that's perfect for those reasons. But and beyond all that, the 55, 45 plus demo is one of the fastest growing the apps, mm. right? So we saw the same thing with Facebook back in the day. It's once all the kids get on it, what happens? Parents want to get on it because they're like, what are my yeah, kids doing? Yeah. So they're spying their kids. And then they get hooked on it. They're like, this is really cool. <laughs> and then what happens? So you have the kids on it, the parents on it, grandparents want to get on it. What are my grandkids doing? What are my kids doing? So that's what we're seeing with TikTok. Once you have all the kids on it, the parents all get on it. And then the grandparents all get on it. Right now with TikTok... Because we'll go in and we'll look at an app manager. You can type in, you know, the age brackets. Mm. So you can select an age bracket and it'll show you what the audience size is. Every few weeks, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I think last time I checked, the 55 and up demo was over nine and a half or 10 million people in the U.S. English speaking. Mm. Right. So not just worldwide, like U.S. English speaking, 55 and up. Um, and it continues to grow. Ah, that's huge. Well, I, I love how you touch on all of the ad points and why marketers should be on there. But also, you know, I do content. Yeah. So I look at content on TikTok. I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. Like the amount of videos I see, like per, you know, say 10 posts that I look at that I actually watch and enjoy and save. Like I'm curating content on TikTok now into like 50 different folders because I'm going to go back to it at some point when I need it. It's a, I've never had that experience on any platform ever. Yeah. The, the metrics are off the chart, right? You look at, you know, we talked earlier about like some stats and metrics and you look at, I think it's like 95 minutes globally is the average amount of time per day users spend on the app. It's an hour and a half. It's incredible. An hour and a half on your phone in one app is really, really difficult to like wrap your head around, like how, how hard that is to do with all the competition you have. Everybody on their phone has every TV, movie, book, podcast at their fingertips, every website, but they're choosing to be in this one app 
for 90 plus minutes a day. Mm. And it's way more. I think it's like 4X Snapchat. It's about 2X Instagram and, and Facebook, about 3X Twitter. So the metrics are off the charts there compared to other other apps. And yeah, it's like organically, I want to be creating content there as well. It's not just mm-hmm. on the paid side, it's the organic side. Because again, like you can build up this massive advantage over a competition because they're probably going to be even later to the organic game. Because yeah. most businesses are already pretty lazy when it comes to organic content in general. Like the average small business meets means as business, they're looking at social purely on the ad side. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna do the bare minimum on the content side, I'll put all my resources on the paid side. So they're gonna maybe get on paid on TikTok, but then they're even gonna be slower to get on organic. So they can do both, massive advantage. Huge. Yeah. Well, and I think for, you know, there's not many advertisers, which we talked about during the certification too, where it's like, hey, if you want something that makes your agency or your marketing profession defined, then TikTok is probably the safest, you know, new age thing that you can do. Yeah, it's, um, I've been doing this for a long time, the agency stuff. So I started my first agency a decade ago. And so I've done the the large agency, the full mm. service agency. It was one of the first things I did was we met Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank and we started, my partner Jeremy and I started a company with them called Quantum Media and we ran that for three years. And it's an amazing experience. We built this kind of full service agency, multiple offices, overhead, all that stuff. Like we, we did it that way. And we had, you know, our <laughs> challenges and issues and it was like, we want to do more boutique. And then we did, you know, the boutique thing, what premium ultra focus on one specific ad mm. channel. And so I've done this a lot. I've never seen the level of demand with the TikTok agency that I have like the last year and a half, it is the easiest thing in terms of getting clients. So if you're an agency owner or thinking about starting an agency, maybe you're just like a media buyer and want to start your own shop. Mm. Like, okay, what can I do? I can go Facebook. I can go Google. I'm not saying don't do those things. I want to make that very clear. I'm actually going to make this clear in all the content I put on yeah. nowadays. Like this is not an either or. This is not a mutually exclusive thing where it's like, or just like a selective thing where I need to be Facebook. Or I need to be TikTok. Or mm. TikTok works, or Facebook doesn't work anymore. It's not the case. Facebook still the juggernaut. Google still the juggernaut, right? It's still really big. You need to be there. But if I'm looking like, how do I stand out? How do I compete? Because not only are you getting onto a saturated market like Facebook, but you're competing as people that have been doing it for years and have massive influence, massive authority. That's who you're competing against. So unless you go like really niche, where it's like I'm going to start a Facebook ad agency for you know chiropractors that are looking to like teach or like very specific In things. One state. Yeah. Well, you can just, <laughs> one like, dominate that market, which is fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's also a great strategy. You need to look at like where are the other places that don't have as much competition, but the growth is happening. Mm. And for us, it's been TikTok. It's everyone wants it and at least wants to experiment and explore a platform. Yeah. Hey everyone, I wanted to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're a marketer, which you probably are since you're listening to this podcast, you know that social media marketing isn't about cool hacks or some weird trick that a self-reclaimed expert is telling everyone about. True social media experts understand this. Social media is a real craft that involves real strategy that goes far beyond flashy hacks. That's why social media is the number one most misunderstood and underleveraged marketing channel. At Digital Marketer, we know what you need to become a true social media expert. You'll be learning from top industry experts about the exact methods that work today for marketing on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and TikTok, and how to incorporate them into a comprehensive social media strategy. 
You'll learn how to tie in your social media plan with your company's overarching goals. You'll learn how to source and create engaging content that's perfect for your ideal customers. But best of all, you'll leave with a complete understanding of how to strategize, execute, measure, and optimize your social media marketing. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash social cert. Well, I think if, you know, one of the points that you make in the certification that I love is that you don't just get on there and start posting ads and then be disappointed when they don't work because you don't understand how TikTok works. And it's very unique. It is. It's really different. And this is, again, big challenge. I've, you know, we have a program that teaches people to do TikTok. We have a big community. And so people get in there sometimes, newbies are like, hey, I just don't think TikTok works for my business. I spent $1,000 and I didn't make a sale or um, I lost 500 bucks or whatever. Yeah. It's like, first of all, you need to get things more time. Like you can't just say like, I ran ads for two weeks and it works so the platform doesn't work. Because yeah. the chances are you haven't tested, you tested 2% of what you need to test. You haven't built any data, no learnings, no signal data. There's all kinds of issues. But beyond that, I'll ask people like, well, do you use TikTok? And usually they'll say no. And that's a problem because the content that works on the ad side is what works on the organic side, mm. right? It's like hyper native content performs really well on paid. If you don't use the app, you don't know what works on the organic side. So how do you know what works on paid? So what ends up happening is you're taking what works on Facebook or YouTube, other channels and forcing it in TikTok. Mm. And it doesn't fit. I can't tell you how many ads I still see where it's like, it's, it's a obviously. YouTube dimension. It's like landscape or it's a one by one with giant black boxes. It's like, it feels so out of place. Now, there are times and places where doing that intentionally for pattern interruptions actually can work. We talked yeah. about in assert. Like there's certain things you can do with the intention of stopping the scroll, knowing that's like a pattern interrupt to grab their attention. But like being well, that's advanced, lazy. Yeah, yeah. But like being lazy, it, people are gonna sniff that. They're like, this is just a Facebook ad that's like crappy and it's like no value, it's not entertaining, not educational, it's just a pitch. And nobody wants to see that. TikTok definitely doesn't want you to run ads because you're hurting all their metrics. The whole feed, right? yeah. So they don't want people leaving the app. They don't want people stay on the app. So if your ad calls people to leave the app, guess what? You're paying a lot more than your competitor who's keeping people in the app. Well, for me personally, like I, I rarely buy any ads that I see online because I'm like, oh, well, they're targeting me for X, Y, and Z. <laughs> but on TikTok, I've actually bought stuff, like bought yeah. stuff from a brand I didn't know, which is even more incredible because I don't usually do that either. But the ads are so tailored to stuff that I like and stuff that I, I view all the time. And I didn't even realize it was an, an ad half the time. I'm That's like, the key. oh, I could buy this thing. So the key is like, it's the style of content that's being run. It's not... Sales, it's way easier. And this is just like a, a more macro level marketing trend, like right now and going to the future. It's, and in my, it's just an opinion, but it's also based on, on data from, we have a pretty large agency and info product business that like the days of being able to just throw up like an image for your dropshipping product and say like gadget X does Y 50% off, 50% off link, link, link with emojis. Like that really doesn't work anymore. No. Right. What works is if you can create content that's an entertaining, educational, valuable, informative, that people actually want to watch. If your primary goal, like the lens you look at ad creation through is, is this fun? Is mm. this engaging? Is this valuable? Somebody get a win from this at any level. If that's the lens you look at, you get better results because people actually watch your stuff and they talk about your stuff and they tell their friends about your stuff, right? And so that's the key, I think with TikTok, like why a lot of brands have done very well on it is they're finally created a platform where like people that are really good at content can actually make money 
because that content translates really well to the outside. Mm. Well, I love how you say good at content because I think in the right context, because most of the time people think of creatives and they think of like, oh, the flashier, the better, the bigger, the better, the bigger, you know, production, the better. And TikTok flips that on its head and says, no, it doesn't. I actually, I interviewed a guy named Gavin Bell. He's over in the UK and he he did the exact same thing where he was trying to advertise a product that was delivery for alcohol. I think it was scotch or something. And the ad that he created was basically his girlfriend putting the envelope through the door that falls on the ground. And then he picks it up and opens it and drinks the scotch or whatever. And that was the ad. It, it crushed. Yeah. Which if you said that to somebody who's in traditional marketing or traditional like commercial creation, they'll be like so offended probably. <laughs> but that's the key is that it feels like a user did it. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about that is like, this is why I think more business should be interested is if I think about like ROI on time and how much mm. it takes to create something that's compelling and, and high converting, a lot of channels require more work. It's like, I need to put a lot more production into this. I need to have a much lengthier script. It's a longer video. With TikTok, what works for most brands is raw, iPhone out, direct-to-camera, POV, like not overly scripted, even making mistakes and fumbling and stuff actually can work out to your advantage because it feels real, right? Because when I'm looking at my feed, I see real people Mm. acting authentically and real people make mistakes real people aren't polished real people shoot things like it's not centered correctly right like that can be put into your ads so it makes it a lot easier to shoot a lot of ads really Mm. quickly you don't need all the fancy editing you don't need all the the fancy equipment and stuff you can have those things but you don't need them yeah well i think it is industry specific so if you're selling cameras then yeah i expect you to have some really cool stuff on there, you know, yeah. that I haven't seen before. But most most businesses don't even need that. Yeah, exactly. You can make it really authentic, really quick, really real. And then we talked about, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point today, like the, you know, how I can maximize my creative, how can mm. I put out more creative? And that's, you know, again, just makes it super easy if I can just shoot different hooks and I can do different text overlays, really basic stuff, not a lot of time, but it allows me to increase my output pretty dramatically. Love that. Well, I think people will learn all they need to know about, uh, you know, getting on there and what to do first. But for hopefully for the listeners, they're convinced like, okay, stop being lazy or reluctant to get on TikTok, start using it. Uh, if they are ready to start advertising or they're start, ready to start taking it seriously, uh, what kind of time frame could they expect to do? Like how many videos could they expect to make? And when the, could they start to you know, feel like they know the platform enough to start doing some ad spend on it? Yeah, for me, I think it's, it's like, 30, 60 days of actually using the app. And again, different people are different, right? Like, no, there's not one size fits all box for every single brand and person of like when they're going to get comfortable with the platform. Because some people might download the app, create an account and use it two times a week. So again, that's going to take a long period of time. Some people might dive in and be like, I'm hooked. I'm creating content, watching content every single day. I'm doing lives two times a week. I'm doing two videos a day. Like that person is going to be ready for ads much quicker because they're getting more reps in, they're getting more feedback in Mm. right from the community. Um, But typically it's like a month, two month process for a lot of people to like really get immersed, figure out what their kind of core demo likes seeing, what they engage Mm. with, getting familiar with, you know, shooting things like duets and stitches and using effects like green screen videos and and doing trends and feeling comfortable in those settings because they're not natural for a lot of people. Mm. So I know it's like authentic and real, but it's also like videos where it's you typing and like a text wall or something where there's music playing. Like some of this stuff isn't the same as you might create for a Facebook post or a YouTube video. It may be a different format. So it might take you 
you know, a lot of reps to get comfortable shooting this stuff and feel yeah. okay, not like self-conscious about it. Now, I did hear from, I think it was Rachel Peterson I talked to last year about TikTok. Yep. And she was saying that, you know, when you first do your first two, three TikToks, the algorithm actually gives you a boost because they want you to keep using the platform. Um, what do you recommend in terms of the first batch of videos that people make if they're like, okay, I have a big brand. I need to make sure that this is considered good you know, on TikTok, not just good in general, in terms of marketing. Uh, what do you recommend they do in terms of those first three posts? Yeah, I mean, so, so Rachel's 100% right. And that's actually, it happens to every platform. Mm -hmm. It's a smart move. So any new platform that's emerging, what they do is they make the early adopters get really good results. So they get the dopamine, like this is really great and they want to do more of it, right? So that's like kind of growth hacking one-on-one -on -one yeah. for social media companies. In terms of like, what should my first three videos look like? I think the best way to position yourself for success and make sure you're like best foot forward is before you do that, spending time on the research side of it. Mm. So we talked about like the 007 method, how you do basic research, right? So you go into the app, you actually go to search, you're searching for relevant keywords, you're searching for what are the most common questions that your target audience is searching for on the app? Because TikTok is becoming more of a search channel, more of mm -hmm. a discovery platform. So search those, you can filter in the top right, you filter by most liked, you can filter by specific timeframes. And you can see TikTok's going to show you like, here's the best TikToks mm. in the last seven days, last 30 days for this specific keyword, for the specific search term. And you can watch like, what trends are they using? What styles are they? Are they all using green screen videos? Are they all doing oh, reaction yeah. shots? Like right now, reactions are really popular. It's like reaction videos. Oh, yeah, somebody like looking at their phone, they'll record their phone. So it'll show up on the bottom left of the screen. So it basically shows what they're watching. So we'll watch, you know, a five, 10 second clip of something controversial put the phone down and they'll discuss like why I think that's wrong. Mm. Like I did one last week um, that did really well. It was like Mark Cuban, Dave Ramsey talking about why credit cards are bad uh -huh. and why like you don't want to be, if you use a credit card, you don't want to be wealthy. And I was like, I think that's a pretty bad oh. like blanket statement. <laughs> I the concept. So I watched that video, reacted to it. And like you're playing on celebrity, big people, people recognize that. It makes shooting contacts a lot easier too, because oh, you're, you're right. not coming up with the original, like whole original Brand angle. New. It's like, here's a popular trending video that I'm going to play. People recognize it. And it's me just reacting to it, I which is like that. a very natural thing. So you'll see things like, okay, I'm noticing that like, like a 20 videos, five of them were reactions. Yeah. Okay. So people are, are really resonating with that right now. Or I'll see, you know, fire on a specific topic. We talked about, uh, you know, AI, mm. right. And ChatGPT and how I worked that into one of my hooks. Right. So it was like showing my screen, recording, asking a question, going to the rest of my ad. It's like, okay, I know people are talking about this. People want to see it. People are really engaged about it. When people see that screen, they recognize it. I'm going to use that. There you go. So it's really about just like doing the research, studying, incorporating elements of pop culture, current events, and then obviously like in platform, any trending sounds, any trending challenges, things like that. That's going to be the best shot. But I, I wouldn't get overly concerned about it. Like I, I mm. think this is the reason why I think a lot of people don't start on things is because oh. they think that like if I don't start with a really strong foot forward, it's going to torpedo me. And like the chances are, the first three, five, 10 videos you post probably are not going to be good. And like, I wouldn't let that stop you from creating in the first place. Mm. Because guess what? The 11th video is going to be better than the 10th video and the 12th is going to be better than the 11th. And you're going to get better. And by the time you do your 30th video, you're going to be in a much better spot than when you first started. And so that's really the only way you get good at this stuff is by doing. So again, you could research and you can get a lot better by just studying. But until you actually do, it's like, you know, you're in the fitness industry, right? For a long time. It's like, mm -hmm. If losing weight 
just required knowing how to lose weight, ever be in shape. If I could read a book oh, yeah. and it tells Everybody me how to diet, <laughs> I know it. But like the only way to lose weight and get in shape is you actually need to go to the gym. You actually need to diet. Like you need to actually take action. And so same thing with this. It's like you can study all you want. You can learn all you want. But until you actually like put in the reps and create videos, create videos, create videos, fail a lot, and then understand why you failed. And then when you hit, understand why you hit. It's like, yeah. oh, this worked because I tried this one thing. I opened up with this really like attention grabbing polarizing question mm. and like that went crazy so i'm gonna do more polarizing stuff than in my videos yeah. right you, you just learn yeah well i think it's everybody wants a trick or they want a hack or they want yeah. to be perfect when they start and it's just not gonna happen no, you know you, you can't build i've really struggled with this because it's for a long time in marketing there has been a lot of merit to like to these hacks where it's like you could like back in the day with facebook there were all kinds of uh, bidding strategies and duplication strategies and things where it's like, you do this and then this and then this, and like you can get better results. I think what we're getting to now, especially as things like AI get better, a lot of like the hacky stuff is going to get automated because mm-hmm. AI is going to be able to Why do not? that better than you. No emotions, just make decisions based on data. Where marketers are really going to stand out from other marketers is on the bigger stuff. The, the creative, the angles, the mm. concepts, like the more macro level stuff that's a real needle mover. So I want more people to focus on that and less on like, if I just post, like even the, the scheduling thing, like people always oh, like yeah. on TikTok, you see it all the time. What like, do you do? This is the best time today to post, or this is exactly how many hashtags you should use. And it's like, here's the thing. It's like, if you post six hashtags versus eight hashtags versus two hashtags, it doesn't matter if a video sucks. Yeah. Like if your video just sucks, it sucks. Nothing's going to save it. Right. And so I think it's like getting away from the hacks and those little tips and tactics and more into just like focus on being a great marketer, yeah. focus on copywriting, on storytelling, uh, on attention grabbing, on scroll stopping, on elements that are actually going to move the needle for you and your business. Uh, I think those are excellent points. And uh, it, now that we have this AI tool, this AI threat that everybody's worried about, it's like, now we're going to get back to real marketing where it's like, you got to take care of your customer. You got to hook them with something interesting. You got to make good products and you got to be authentic with who you actually are. Because I think the only difference between say, you know, marketing 50 years ago and what's probably going to happen now is that people really care about the company. Like they, they care about the company, the creator, the, you know, who made this thing? Why did they make it? Like all the kind of abstract components that have been lost because we went so commodity based for the last 20 years. <laughs> now that's going to go, we'll switch back. And now you're going to have to take care of everybody. So your points are completely in line with that. And I love what you're doing with TikTok. So appreciate it, man. Keep it up. <laughs> really, really appreciate it. And we can talk if you want. I know there's a lot of other, um, things on the table. I know we talk about like the, the band and there's certain things like, Open book. Like we want to go to the rabbit hole. We can go to the rabbit hole. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. So I think the the biggest, uh, well, maybe the most valid because it, it isn't invalid no, for people to, especially marketers to be worried. Like, Hey, I don't want to get a bunch of people sold on TikTok and then TikTok gets banned yeah. in America. I don't want to do it. And then TikTok, uh, China collapses yeah. and you know, it's just gone. And so, uh, what do you say to those people or what are your feelings on it in terms of that specific argument? Like, I don't want to do it because I'm worried it's going to go away. Yeah. And it's again, totally valid. Like I want to be also, I made this clear early in the video, but just like keep reiterating, like, like TikTok's been a big platform for me. I've been on it since it really started and I've talked a lot about it, but like I'm a business owner, entrepreneur, marketer. Like if it goes away, it goes away. There's something new to move on to, but I want to be very clear. It's like, I really don't think TikTok is going to get banned for a variety of reasons. So there's like three big buckets, right? So number one is just like people forget how dysfunctional our government is. Mm. 
right? They really forget that. Like we were, our constitution was set up and our founding fathers created a system of government that basically made it so there were checks and balances and gridlock intentionally built into our system mm-hmm. that people didn't agree on things and you couldn't just unanimously push things through. Now, this does seem like a pretty bipartisan thing that like both parties seem to agree like big tech needs to be reined in, right? You see Google now, the DOJ suing them, trying to break Google up. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a, a unifier. But at the end of the day, like it's the the assumption that everyone's going to get together. There's enough votes in Congress, Senate. Like it goes through everything in a the next few months. Like that's warp speed for yeah. for a government. And there's a lot of things happening. There's debt ceiling. There's all kinds of really big things happening right now. So it comes down to prioritization. It comes down to resources, getting the votes. So I think that's one. It's just like dysfunctional government. Number two comes down to how pol- politicians work and what they care about. Mm-hmm. So they might say that they care about governing and laws and legislation, but they really care about getting reelected. At the end of the day, every politician, primary goal, they won't say it to you, but it's primary goal, is getting reelected. Okay. So most of their time, they're so raising money, getting reelected. So, okay, who's going to be voting in the next election, right? There's more and more younger people that are entering oh. the kind of <laughs> voting age. Point. What do they do? They use social media. They love these apps. So the risk you run as a politician is, okay, I have kind of this older population that doesn't like these things and has no real attachment to them and mm-hmm. maybe wants me to ban them, but they're also entrenched in their views, right? Somebody at 65 probably isn't going to swing. Yeah. They're not going to swing Republican, Democrat, Democrat, Republican. Somebody that's 18, 20, 21, much more malleable. You can sell that person much more. They're, they haven't really locked in on this is my party, right? Yeah. They can swing and change their mind. So if you're a politician, you want to win those people over. You're really not going to try to win these people over here. So what you don't want to do is be the politician who's taking away this entire generation's favorite social media app they spent all this time on, right? So that's a big political risk. And then okay. if you want to get reelected, it's taking away that app from Gen Z and younger people that are going to be voting in the next election. So that's number two. Number three, which I think is the absolute biggest one, the people that are like really think this ban's going to happen nationwide. Mm-hmm. The assumption that a company the size of ByteDance is just going to say like, it's just going to watch and stand by and just be like, we're not going to discuss or try to change anything or anything. They're just going to let it happen is pretty wild to me. Like you already see their CEO is going to be in Washington, I think in March or May mm. testifying, like they're negotiating. They're hundred percent having negotiations behind closed doors. And if it ever gets to that point where it's actually a real, real threat, this could happen there's going to be discussions and they're going to say, we need you to do this, this, and this, or this is really going to happen. And there's going to be compromises, whether that means they have to spin the app off to be owned by a U.S. tech company, whether it means they need to have some oversight board, like whatever that means, they're not going to let a company that next year will have 25 billion in ad revenue, like just no, go on and see you later. And then also just from like a, the, the five, actually it's four parts. The final piece is like in, Actually, if this all happened, let's say one, two, three, nothing worked that way. And like a ban actually happened. Mm-hmm. How do you execute it? Like actually enforcing a ban of one of the most popular apps in the world, really challenging. Obviously, you can have, you know, Apple remove it, mm-hmm. but Google and Android, like you don't have to go through the app store. You can, you can kind of sideload things. Yeah. You can use VPNs. Apple can't remove app. They can like basically remove the app from the app store, which means no future updates, but they can't remove they can't take things off of your device. I, mean, I guess technically they could, but like that would be a whole issue with Apple. It's like oh, we're yeah. removing apps from your device. So I think from an execution standpoint, then it's like, how do you actually enforce it? 
Do you have something scanning people's phones? If the app ever gets on there, we're going to like flag it? Like, No, you make a new government organization that only monitors TikTok, TikTok and you give them a billion dollars. Yeah, that's what they do. All just, yeah, track your, track your devices. So yeah, I think it's, again, it's not invalid. It's things are happening. You know, government devices, they're not having it on there. You're seeing, I think actually in Texas now, there's some of the schools here, the state schools are blocking it on the Wi-Fi. So basically if you're in the university Wi-Fi area, you can't have the the app on your phone. Oh, that's interesting. So it is happening at like a government level, state and federal level, but talking about like a mass 300 plus million American, we're banning it from everyone's device. It's just not going to happen. It's, yeah. it's a long shot. Yeah, it's funny because some of the components like, you know, under 18, you can't have this app. Like, fine. That's great. Yeah. Protect the kids, you know? And even government devices. Like, and if you actually talk, I have friends that have worked in different government agencies and stuff. Mm. And they all told me, it's like, that's been a thing for like Ever. forever. <laughs> We're not allowed to have Facebook or things on our phone, government phones, which is the way it should be. Yeah. You shouldn't have a app, like it's a social media entertainment app on your device. government phone where potentially something could hacked or, or, you know, an accident could happen. Yeah. Or your browsing history gets yeah. disclosed to the public when you're trying to get reelected. You're not exactly. going to do that. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, I think those are excellent points. I love the first one because I think people don't realize that the you know dysfunction is actually systematic and it's there on purpose to yeah. protect us. That's a feature, not a bug yes, of our government. Exactly. So, uh, no, very intelligent argument. So I think if anybody isn't already swayed by the fact that the app is just awesome, that you just have to try it for a little bit, then hopefully that'll convince them that they should still treat it. And that's why, you know, in our social media certification, like it, TikTok wasn't in there when we first made it. This is the revision and it's added in there as a highlight, really, because all the other platforms, like you said, you know, there's so much competition for all the other platforms in terms of advertising and marketers on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and, you know, the big channels. And then TikTok's here, just like this shining star that you could just... Hop on and you'll be unique. You'll be, you know, cutting edge. It's not really cutting edge because it's been around forever, yeah. but to most people, it's cutting edge. And, you know, you can be the next thing, which is, you know, I, I think the important part about TikTok is that the actual medium of the content is superior in a bunch of different ways because it's all video, it's all short form. And, you know, the algorithm itself is feeding people what they want to see, which is what we all want. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say there is like, uh, it feeds into everything else you're doing. And it's like a mistake people make when they look at, like, should I use this? Should I use this? They look at a channel as a like siloed thing, mm. right? I run Facebook ads and it's just how my Facebook ads do. But like back in the day when Facebook ads were trying to sell them to people, we'd bring people on, they had an Amazon store, for example, and a Shopify store, but like they had Amazon. Mm-hmm. We started running Facebook ads and they were just looking at the Facebook results and like, okay, this is pretty good. But they, but they're like, but Amazon, we have a 50% lift in sales. And it's like, it's not a coincidence. It's, you're spending more money here. People are seeing your brand more. Guess what? They're going to Amazon because that's where a lot of people buy things and they're searching and they're buying your stuff. Same thing with TikTok. It's TikTok is a discovery tool for a lot of mm. consumers. We talked about it in the cert, like eight plus percent of e-commerce purchases are the first touch points happening on TikTok. TikTok's not always getting the credit based on the attribution window. But if you stop TikTok, you could potentially decrease your revenue on Shopify and Amazon and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So what we see all the time, like on our performance marketing business, Whenever we turn back on one of the channels, so let's say we, we stop running TikTok for a while, we're just running Facebook for an offer, and then we turn TikTok back on, our Facebook results get better mm. every single time, <laughs> every single time, because they, they work together. People, there's a buyer journey. They see something here, then they forget about it. They come back over here. They were targeted here. They then go to Google and search about it here. Like 
they're all interconnected yeah. and you can't just remove one piece without it impacting all their pieces. No, and I think that, that just goes into the, the touch points that we all know about, you know, seven touch points. It's like, no, it's not seven touch points. No, it's, but it's like 500 touch points. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more touch points. Yeah. Well, I, I, the cert content is fantastic. I think you give a lot of, you know, just instantly practical advice, but you also follow it up with just a general strategy that can work on TikTok and take advantage of trends and really get on the platform with a, a genuine and authentic approach that'll, again, enhance all the other channels, just like you just talked about. Yeah. Uh, so we're people learn more about you and uh you know your tiktok stuff sure so we have um unicorn traffic which is our performance marketing agency so most of the deals we do over there is pure performance mm. this means we work on cpa cpl basis we have a few retainer clients we also have creative in-house because that's a huge part if you want to be successful that's kind of a tip for anybody that's out there thinking about starting a tiktok agency you need in-house creative yeah. it's really hard to do tiktok media buying or really media buying on any platform without having creative anymore so Unicorntraffic.com. We have our agency there. We do creative in there. And then we have our info businesses. We have TikTokinsiders.com, um, which is our community, our paid community. It's all of our awesome. courses. We have, I think now, 10 or 12 different masterclasses, courses inside there for organic oh, wow. and for paid. Um, and then we have a program called Talk Trends at JoinTalkTrends.com, which is really cool. We basically, every Friday, our team does extensive research throughout the week on TikTok. Mm-hmm. We find 10 pages worth of trends, hooks, oh. ads, news, basically everything that's working this week on the platform, comment baiting, story framing examples, uh, organic content profiles. We put it together in this really beautiful 10-page PDF that gets sent out every Friday. We also have an app that it goes into. Mm. And every month we add 150 hook ideas. We add 50 of the top ads on the platform for the month broken down by why they worked. We're adding a bunch more stuff. So it's like a, it's a really cool program. That's like one that's like, and we're also rolling it out for like other channels. So not just for TikTok mm-hmm. because it's short form content. So we're rolling it out for basically reels and shorts. Um, oh, so cool. So yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. We have some really cool stuff we're doing this year for insiders for talk trends. Well, I'm going to download the app because I didn't know you had that. There so you thank Maybe you for we're that. We're going to deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll promote the crap out of it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in next time for more digital marketing tips. As we talked about right now, we do have the social media certification coming out very soon. Uh, so look for that in uh, towards the end of Q1, but might be even sooner. So pay attention and tune back in. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. 
This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.